What's going on, y'all? It's Philly Celeb, and you tuned in to Popcorn Matinee, and this is Popcorn Conversations. Today, we speaking with Clarence Williams IV, the founder of Williams IV Production. We talk about his latest short film, The Only Me. Yeah, sir, get your popcorn ready. You wanna roll, you wanna ride. We getting money, you know the vibe. We standing on them, that ain't no lie. We get our blessings from out the sky. Yeah, no, so I've always been, uh, always loved telling stories, and I've always loved, uh, you know, watching TV, watching movies, things like that, so I, I would say probably um, when I was 10 years old, that's when I first knew that I wanted to be a filmmaker, so I made a, uh, I made like a little short film uh, with my mom for my uh, history class, you know, when I was in the fifth grade, I did a little project on the history of Georgia. So I um, I wrote the script myself. I acted in it, played you know a bunch of different roles, directed it. Uh, my mom she had a little cameo as well. So you know it's been in the family since uh, since I was you know very very little. But um, so we put all that together um, when I was a little kid. So I uh, premiered it for my class, and I think the reaction everyone was just very impressed that you know this was something that I had put together. And looking back, the movie probably is you know. It's probably trash because, you know, I made it as a 10 year old. So it's not, you know, nothing to, to write home about. But it was the project that gave me my start. And then after that, it was kind of like, hmm, maybe I can, you know, maybe I can do this, do this for real. And, you know, I've been making movies ever since. So, yeah, it's been definitely been a, a huge part of my life. Huge part of your life. But like, OK, like what, what are some films that might have inspired you or what just inspired you or just wanted you to make that make movies? Yes, I'm. A, I mean, I'm a big fan of uh, of Spike Lee. Okay. So I, my uh, my parents kind of put me onto his work when I was a little kid. I actually met him when I was um, when I was nine years old. We were seeing an August Wilson play um, over in in New York. So uh, he probably doesn't remember this now, but I remember. I didn't. I didn't know who he was at the time. But my parents saw him over. Um, it was like during the intermission, and my parents saw him, and they were like, you know, go talk to him, go say hi. And I didn't. I didn't know who this was, but you know, I'm listening. To to my parents because you know as a young and you know you got to do what the parents say so mm-hmm. i went over you know had a, had a full conversation with him and everything but um after that i kind of got into his work and his his movies are have been a big influence on me especially um films like do the right thing mo better blues jungle fever those are some of my you know my favorite films of all time so he's definitely a big big influence um also i'm a big fan of quentin tarantino so uh, movies like Django, um, Jackie Brown, Pulp Fiction, Reservoir Dogs. Honestly, pretty much his whole his whole body of work has been a huge huge influence on me. Um, and then also filmmakers like John Singleton, uh, Kevin Smith, and then um, there's another filmmaker uh, named Richard Linklater. So like those five guys have been pretty much um, had you know had I think they've had the biggest influence on me as a uh, as a filmmaker okay so you also write too right yes yeah, so I, I i do a little bit of everything so i write i direct i edit and i'm um, also produce oh yeah you got so i'm trying to you know try to wear a lot of hats you know <laughs> oh, you had to in this business yep you had to 
So what, what what made you move to the West Coast? I mean, I'm sure I'm pretty sure it's for filmmaking, but just just tell the audience, like. Yeah, well, definitely that was the that was the main the main uh, influence for moving out here was you know pursuing film because they always say, you know, go to L.A. L.A. is where you know you can make things happen. So I graduated. I went to college in Pittsburgh. So I went to uh, Carnegie Mellon University. Um, I was a, a drama student and I was a directing major in the um, John Wells directing program. So I've always, so I didn't go to film school, but I think going to a theater school really helped me, uh, you know, work with actors and really be able to articulate my vision and kind of give them feedback and kind of help me with my ability to collaborate with, um, not, actually not even just with actors, but just with crew in general. So I think that's kind of what I took away from going to a theater school and um, applied that to my to my film but after graduating it was kind of it was either between going to new york or going to la and i was like you know la the, the weather so it's also the weather is, is really nice out here just the the whole vibe and the, the atmosphere was really um enticing to me so that along with getting it also being in an area where you know film is very very prevalent is what kind of sealed the put the nail in the coffin for me. And that's what made me kind of come out here and see what I can do. Okay. So how long have you been out there? So I've been out here uh, since 2015. Okay. Okay. How has the journey been out there? Like just as far as networking and meeting people and just building your career and building your legacy. So it's been, I mean, it's definitely had its ups and downs because, you know, when you come out to LA, there's a lot of people who are filmmakers, producers, but then you learn that, you know, not everybody really can support what they say. So it's a, a lot of people are all talk, but no actual action. So I learned that. So I definitely dealt with some, you know, producers, people like that, people that said, oh, I can help you get this made, or I got connections here, but it was all a load of, you know, yeah. a load of garbage. So he definitely had to weed out the, you know, the time wasters, but I also have been able to network with a lot of solid creatives and, um, I've, you know, I've, I've produced and written and directed um, a lot of films since I've been out here, shorts and features and web series as well. So definitely have um, kind of found a nice, solid team of people that I like to work with on my projects. So it definitely wasn't all bad. But of course, there's still, you know, got to always watch out for the people that aren't really looking out for your best interest and that don't really want you to succeed, even though they tell you they want you to succeed so it's definitely all about kind of being aware alert and linking up with people that are really actually in it for the same things that you are okay now your latest project right is this your latest project the only me no actually this was um only me uh, was something i shot last year my latest latest project um is actually a uh it's a short it's a comedic short that my wife wrote actually um it's about a young man who's having some uh, confidence issues in the bedroom. So he proposes the idea of a threesome to his girlfriend. So this is, and this is just like a straight comedy. A lot of the projects that I've, um, that I've made have been, you know, kind of on the serious side, the heavy side, but this, this new one um, is called I'm the man. That one is uh, pure comedy. So that's, that's the latest project that I've, um, that I've shot, but only me was something that uh, we shot last year. I believe it was last spring. So I think it was last April. Um, and that was just kind of some, I wanted to make a film about homophobia in the black community because it's, unfortunately, it's very prevalent and it's something that isn't talked about or is exposed as much as it should be. 
So that's kind of where the idea came from. And from there, I kind of had an idea of, um, also, I think in film too, they don't really talk about uh, bisexuality. I feel like that is a uh, kind of like an unspoken, unspoken uh, subject that people kind of try to avoid or don't really want to address. So that was another reason why I kind of took that um, that form of identity and kind of put my own little creative spin on it and hope to create something that will get people talking because it is very kind of harsh to hear, you know, the the things that his um the protagonist that his sister says to him. It's harsh. It's, you know, it's very, very, she kind of is the epitome of intolerance. But at the same time, these are things that, these are conversations that are actually happening. So I wanted to definitely shed light on that. Yeah, that was that was great. Like, I was shocked. I, I definitely was shocked to hear her say those things to her brother, like how the conversation just switched as soon as he came out to her. Exactly. That was, was deep. Like, like, where did you get, like, the research? Like, how did you do the research on that? Well, honestly, it just a lot from, um, you know, friends. I have uh, friends who are bisexual and just kind of talking to them about their experiences and, you know, just the things that they've gone through. That, that's been a big influence on, you know, kind of sculpting this project because I wanted to make sure that I, um, you know, honored their, their stories and honored their identities, but also at the same time told something that was, while it is, you know, like, like you said, it's hard to hear, hard to listen to something that was ultimately um, moving and something that kind of stuck with people. Because I think even though the interaction that the protagonist has with the sister is not a positive one, I think at the end of the day, he learns that, you know, it doesn't matter who, it's not about who listens to what you have to say. It's about who kind of sticks around and supports you after, after the fact. So I think that it, it still has a, a good message, even though it's, you know, unfortunately, uh, not so happy story. Now, 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 hold up. Now, you know, I chopped my interviews in the middle. This is just a special stop real quick. I need y'all, if you enjoying this episode, you're enjoying the content that I'm providing for you, you're a filmmaker, you think about becoming a filmmaker, you just like these types of conversations, please subscribe, like, follow, do all of that cool stuff. You helping this platform grow, and as it grow, I'll bring you more exclusive content with it, more people in the industry. And make sure you check out everything. Check out Philly Celeb Studios on all streaming platforms. Yeah, well, like I see, like when it went off, I was like, "Damn, this need to be like a series or a movie or something." <laughs> like I was like, "Is he gonna make like continue?" Like I watched, like watch his journey and see, you know, where you would take the character if you plan on doing it. But that was real interesting. I want to give my hats off and my flowers to you for that. <laughs> thank you thank you i appreciate that thanks for you know taking the time to watch it yeah i'm gonna i'm if, i'm gonna post it on my website too if you don't mind oh no yeah no doubt please do the more support the the better okay okay for sure now what did you shoot with if you don't mind me asking yeah so this one was um it was shot on uh the red dragon okay, okay. so um so i worked with a dp her name is becky sap and she's actually shot a few projects we shot a few projects together so she was, um, she's somebody, you know, she works really quickly and she always has a very upbeat uh, personality. So she's very, very fun to work with. So it was, it was nice to kind of bring her on for this project. And, you know, like I said, like, you know, the subject matter is not the nicest, but the, you know, the everyone that came together to um, help me bring this story to life, it, you know, has been very cool down to earth people. So it's always, it was always a pleasure, you know, working with, 
not even not just Becky, but just like the whole cast and um, whole cast and crew. So it's always good when you can, even if the story you're telling isn't um, the most positive or a story that doesn't have a happy ending, at least it's good to work with people that you, you know, that you trust, that you get along with, that you believe in and um, all coming together to, to serve the story. That's always, you know, that's always what a, what a director um, hopes for, you know? Okay. How long, how long did it take you to film this? So this this whole thing was actually filmed in one day. Oh, okay, okay. So we shot it. Yeah, we shot it over the course of a couple hours. Um, we actually shot it at my uh, my mentor. His name is um, Mr. Ken Sagos. He's he's always been a big um, big big advocate advocate and kind of a big uh, support system since I've been out in LA. So he's he was gracious enough to let us use his um, use his apartment to film in, uh, and yeah, we shot it all. I, I think it probably took about eight hours, and then after that. The editing of it took, because I also edit my films as well. So the editing took about, I said like between two, two to three days, and then after that it goes um, to be sound edited and then uh, colored and everything like that. So the whole process took maybe about like two weeks or so before it was completely done. Okay, that's good. That's that's real good. You know, yeah, we try to try to move fast. You know, try to get it, try to get the the content out there. Well, for sure, for sure. So um, how did you go about casting your, your cast? So for this, um, so usually with previous projects, uh, my wife, she she's also a writer, but she does casting as well and producing. So she she's like uh, my partner in crime when it comes to putting the projects together. For this, um, this particular project, I actually did the casting for it. Um, so I had a, a friend of mine from Carnegie Mellon. His name is um, Israel Aaron ford so we went to college together he was a musical theater major and um so we when he came out here to la i was like oh yeah we gotta you know we gotta do something we gotta work together so i just kind of just hit him up asked if he would be interested sent him the script he was he was like yeah let's you know let's do it and then um the actress that played uh nelly the sister she was somebody that um actually that my wife had cast in a web series that we had filmed uh, a few years back. So she's somebody that we'd, we'd work with um, a few times before on different projects. And she usually plays kind of like the, the happy-go-lucky character or, or more so the uh, positive positive type of character. So she was definitely excited to play somebody that wasn't so, you know, wasn't so great. So kind of like kind of a, a villainous uh, villainous character. So she was very down to kind of explore that and, play against type so yeah the casting process was, was super easy it was people that we already you know had worked with who um who we liked and and we've you know done things with before so it was very very kind of easy to get them involved in this and then same thing with the crew the crew was pretty much all people that we've worked with before um so our dp you know she was somebody we've used before um our sound guy his name is james he's actually worked on pretty much every project that I've shot since I've been out here in LA. So he's very, very, um, very talented sound mixer, editor, designer, pretty much everything related to sound he handles. And um, same, our makeup artist as well, his name is Kwame, uh, Kwame Head. He's also a very talented artist who's worked with us a lot, like a lot, a lot. So he's, he's also been one of the people that have um, kind of came back from, you know, project after project. So we definitely kind of have a nice, Kind of like a film family, you could say, of people that we always use and and enjoy working with. 
Oh, that's great. Y'all all did great, and I definitely look forward to seeing more projects with, with all your, your cast, your family, everybody in there. I definitely look forward to seeing some more. Oh, absolutely. We definitely, you know, we want to get, get the word out. We do have um, our website, which is called uh, williamsfordproductions.com. So you can check that out. We have um, pretty much all the all the projects we've been working on. We have it in one spot, so you can watch all our different short films. Um, you can check out some of the features that we've made as well. So yeah, we we're trying to really get our um, pretty much get our get our names out there and broaden our audience. So we want you know because the goal is always to get as many people as we can to watch and support our projects. So yeah, please definitely uh, check out williamsfordproductions.com. Okay. So now now williamsfordproductions.com. We'll put that in the show notes and on the website too. What Oh please do thank you. No, for sure, for sure. I appreciate you coming on the show. What made, oh yeah, no, thanks for having me. Anytime, bro, anytime. What uh what you do all right, so you do short films. Do you which one do you prefer? Short films or making feature length films? And what makes you choose to do to decide to do a short film over a feature length film? Well, I think, I think overall, short films are easier, just, you know, logistically, money-wise, and just just wrangling actors, crew, all that stuff. It's just easier, because, you know, sometimes most shorts can just take up to a day to film. We don't ever really shoot more than two days when it comes to shorts, so it's definitely the easier process of just getting everything together. Um, I Personally, I prefer features, because I think you can take kind of a an idea and really expand it and really kind of tackle or create a world um, where you're not pressed for time. Well, you are pressed for time in a sense, but you at least get more time to develop the characters and, and flesh out the story. Short films are kind of a condensed version of a feature. So sometimes we, the short films that we make kind of serve as um, proof of concepts so they can be some of the shorts we've made are actually short versions of like feature scripts that we've already written. So we definitely, we use our short films one, just to kind of um, enhance our body of work. Cause it's always good to have multiple shorts and multiple um, projects that people can watch. But at the same time, it's very, it's very also kind of like a, a film school, you could say, because each film we make, I think um, we all get better at what we do, especially me. Like, I think my, I feel like I'm a stronger director because I've made so many shorts. But of course, if I had to pick between a short and a feature, I would always go for the feature. But just, you know, it's always just a little bit, a little bit easier to get a short film up and running than a feature. Okay. So when you film your short films, do you have a budget for all of them or like, how does that work? Yes, yeah, so we do. Yes, yeah, so all our shorts um, are budgeted, so we always pay our people, our actors, our crew. Yeah, we always make sure people get paid because we we don't want to waste people's time. And if people are you know donating their time and their services to kind of help us and help our stories, we always want to make sure that we um, we compensate them. So yeah, we do always have budgets. It, it the budgets in general um, they vary. So sometimes projects are uh, like self financed. Other times we have investors or producers who are interested in uh, putting money into projects so it's all it's a combination of a lot of different um a lot of different factors but yeah we do always always create a budget and we always make sure um we hire everyone that's involved okay because I, I hear how la is different like 
I heard they charge for everything. Like out here in Philly, like if you want to make a film, people will let you like just shoot. You can yeah, you can use my store or you can use this location for free. But I heard all LA they charge for everything. Yeah, they do. So there's, there's kind of yeah, you kind of gotta cut some corners and kind of you know beat the system a little bit when it comes to being an indie filmmaker. So we um we we kind of use online uh, websites to find different like locations and properties. If we are unable to use, you know, friends and family um, locations, because some films we are able to just use uh, like relatives or friends who are, you know, um, generous enough to let us use their homes. But we also have rented apartments, houses, depending on what the shoot calls for. So, but yeah, it is kind of, it's a little bit trickier filming in LA, but as a short, that's another reason why it's easier to do short films. You can kind of get away with more stuff than a feature. Features are more, you know, getting permits and making sure uh, the project is registered, like people know what you're doing. But for shorts, you you know, you can kind of, you kind of film on the fly and kind of wing it sometimes. So it definitely makes makes it a little bit easier. Okay, okay. Now, you direct and you use a DP. Tell me, like, what what is that like for you? Like, your relationship as far as with your DP, do you let your DP get the shots that they want? Or you like like how does that work? Because I hear I see a lot of people go through that and hear about that too. Like they sometimes they clash with their DP. Some people don't. Yeah, no, it's um, it's definitely yeah. The, the director DP relationship is always is tricky because sometimes you do have DPs that that do overstep and they do try to kind of call the shots, even though like you are the director. So it's kind of like you got to at least talk to the director first before you go and try to make decisions or try to, you know, talk to the actors and things like that. Fortunately, I've only kind of dealt with one, one, I say maybe two DPs that kind of made production a little difficult, but we, we were still able to get the project done. So that's all that, well, that's all that matters to me, that and making sure, you know, the, my cast and crew, everybody is, well, you know, respected and, and taken care of. But so I did have like two, two instances of kind of clashing. Um, nothing like major or, or crazy, but just kind of a little bit of headbutting. Like, well, no, let's, let's do it this way and, and see how that goes. So yeah, it, it is definitely some, sometimes it can be a little bit of a, a tricky partnership between a director and a DP. But for the most part, I've been, you know, fortunate enough to work with DPs that are very, they're, they want to collaborate. They Everybody respects each other's position, so nobody, you know, tries to step on any toes. And even me as a director, I'm not, you know, I'm definitely not like a dictator or anything like that. It's not like what I say goes. Um, I mean, certain shots and things, I do have a, a specific kind of vision for what I want or like certain shots that I would like to have, but I'm always open to ideas and suggestions. And so I think, yeah, when it comes to a DP, I think, as a director, you you know you definitely have to. You guys have to be on the same page because you're working together. So it's kind of like kind of like a sports team. Like you guys can't. You're not going to win if everybody's doing different things. You're gonna only way you'll win is if everybody's on the same page. Everyone's going after that same um, pursuing that same objective, which is to make the best film possible. So I definitely you know kind of live by that when I work with um, work with DPs. And luckily. I am fortunate as well that I work with DPs that I've worked with on multiple projects. So we kind of are used to each other's workflow. We kind of know how to, how each other works and it makes the, 
it makes production a little bit smoother. So I definitely am um, am grateful for that. So I, I definitely got to take you know hats off to just DPs because DPs are the ones that kind of um, take the director's vision and from there kind of put their own little nuances and touches in there in terms of lighting, camera angles, things like that to kind of make the film pop and make it something really really special. So you know DP you know directors really can't do anything without you know without a solid dp in their corner yeah. like i wish i wish more like more dps are like famous like the directors are too yeah exactly yeah kind of dps kind of fall under the radar it is mostly about like the director <laughs> so um like for your short films what is pre-production like for you when you do your short films so usually um, that is, we either have maybe like one or two rehearsals beforehand. So we'll um, meet with the actors, go over the script, answer any questions. Um, sometimes we try to do some blocking beforehand, but you know, sometimes things happen and we aren't, we aren't able to um, get into the actual location that we're filming in until the day of. So sometimes we just gotta kind of do it as we go, but we do like to at least rehearse a few, well, at least twice, just to kind of make sure the actors meet each other. And and especially if it's people we've never worked with before, we want to kind of meet with them so they can get a feel for us, we can get a feel for them. And um, just so kind of like, kind of what I said before about making sure everybody's on the same page, because, they, you know, if we show up for to film and nobody knows what we're doing, nobody knows what's going on, it's going to be a mess. And we're not going to be able to get anything done. So we all, we shoot very we have like a very tight shooting schedule. So it's either one day or two days. Okay. So you can't really afford to to mess up or play around. So we got to make sure like everybody is, um, everybody's on point. So definitely pre-production is that rehearsal time. Also getting um, like props and getting food. Cause you know, we definitely got to feed our people. You know, you can't, you know, if you're on a set and there's no food, no water, you know, that's not gonna, <laughs> it's not gonna end well. So we always want to make sure we have food. Uh, we have drinks for people. We have, just anything that can make the make being on set comfortable because it, it's it's long hours and you know it can it can drive you crazy if you're not if you're not treated right. Yeah. Now, what are what are some of the best foods to have? I'm hearing don't give nobody pizza or nothing. Have yeah, like we, we've heard that we've had that <laughs> we've given pizza before and yeah, we noticed people were kind of dozing off a little bit. People got a little sluggish, so. What we do, we like to do like sandwiches or um, like uh, pollo loco, so chicken, okay. grilled chicken and, and, you know, rice and beans and things like that. So um, we also have like healthy snacks. So we have like chips, but kind of the healthier option of chips, uh, fruit snacks. Okay. I like the organic fruit snacks. We have fruit, fruit platters and things like that. So yeah, we, we try to, I mean, it's easy to always, we, you know, we try to sneak a little junk food in there, but at the same time, we do want to respect the the need to kind of take care of everybody and make sure the food is not all junk food. You know, we got to, got to balance it up a little bit. Okay. Okay. Now, all right. I got a couple more questions. I'm going to let you go. I know you oh yeah, no worries. Uh, all right. So when you look at like, all right, let's say you get a new, new up and coming actors or just new actors in general. Like what, what do you look for? So for me, well, so, so really what I look for, I look for people that are believable, that are believable performers, people that, you know, I, I, that we know are going to be good to work with. So people that aren't too combative or too, and not that, and not that you can't, you know, 
question question our projects because you know it's always good to have actors that ask questions like you know why are we doing this or you know why is my character doing this so that you know that, that's always it's healthy to have those type of um, conversations but we do we do want people that aren't going to be hostile or that are going to bring negative energy on set because that's going to affect everybody so we always look for strong performers people that are hungry people that are excited and that like not even like that they love acting they love telling stories and they love working with people so we look for all of those kind of um those factors because those are what make performers that we want to work with again and my wife she's the really gotta um tip my hat to her because she really handles all the casting so she looks up all of the people that she thinks are the best and then we, we sit down together and she kind of goes over you know i like this person i like that person and i kind of go back you know i like that one or maybe not this one so it's definitely a a, a partnership where we kind of both come to agreement on the actors that that we want to use but she's the one that kind of goes through because we um we, we use uh breakdown express to find a lot of our our cast so it, it, we can have up to you know 800 700 submissions sometimes and she will you know she takes the time to go through each one and see which ones she thinks will be um you know the best fit for what we're what we're doing so definitely not an easy not an easy job but we kind of try to break it down into those um those little bullet points of who we think will be the best for the job but also who we think will be the best to work with and from there we kind of um we lock down the cast okay uh all right now i got what was the craziest thing that ever happened on such hmm, that's a good question i'm trying to think look i mean knock on wood a lot of times oh, we haven't really wood. had anything yeah, you know, I'm not gonna go with yeah, not <laughs> Haven't had anything like super, super. I mean, we don't. The one thing we did have, we did have, we did work with a DP that had a temper. So we, you know, there was a time where he started yelling, started yelling at, um, you know, some of the crew members. So that was, I, that would be kind of crazy because it was a hostile environment because everyone was kind of jumping in, coming to the the aid of the other crew, and then even me, I had to get involved and be like, look, we gotta just, you know, relax, like, this is not the type of set we need to run, you know, we need to respect people, so I think that would probably be the craziest experience, because usually our sets are pretty, you know, chill, we never really have much conflict, so having that one DP that kind of brought in kind of a, a strange energy, that was, I guess, will be, like, the craziest, because, you know, our goal is we don't want anybody to be yelled at or, or be disrespected or, or treated poorly on one of our sets because that's a reflection and even if we're not involved in you know any incidents or conflict it's a reflection of us because you know we're the ones that hired these people brought these people together so mm-hmm. i think that that would probably be the craziest craziest story just having you know just having people get into an argument on set because that's you know that's never never fun okay and my last question to you, this might not be the last one, but it might be, uh, what is, some, <laughs> what is some advice that you have for, um, up and coming, you know, filmmakers, directors, videographers? Oh yeah. So I guess the main thing I would like to say to people is, you know, don't wait around for things to happen. Don't wait around for a producer to call you or don't wait around for somebody to say, Hey, I'm going to give you such and such amount to go make your movie like you know use the resources you have and go out there and you know and take charge 
kind of like um like the outcast song you know you need to get up get out and get something mm-hmm. so you can't let you know can't wait around or get upset when people aren't responding to this amazing script that you have like you know you need to put whatever you have together and shoot it yourself because i think that's a lot of the opportunities that I'm, I'm having now, because I actually, I've been fortunate enough to um, to like sell to sell two scripts and get have a script optioned. A lot of that came from me kind of just putting my projects out there on the internet, you know, on different Facebook groups, just out in the world, and people have you know started to take notice. So, but I, w- I don't even think I'd be in the position I'm in now, and not even that I'm some you know big director because I'm not, but just. I'm definitely a lot further along than I was when I first came out here to LA. And I think that's because a large part of that comes to the fact that I am able to, you know, create my own projects, especially if you want to be a director, the main thing people ask you is have you directed? Mm-hmm. And if you say, well, no, I don't have anything or no, or I'm, I'm thinking about doing something, then, you know, the conversation kind of dies right there. But if you tell them, Oh yeah, you know, I, even if it's just one short, even if you at least have something to show somebody, that just makes all the it makes things a little bit better for you in terms of getting opportunities and other jobs. So my piece of advice is, you know, just create. If you're a writer, write. If you're a director, direct. If you're a producer, produce. You know, in your free time. And you know, if even if you have a nine to five, like that is perfectly fine. Some people think you can't have a nine to five and pursue your dream. Like, yes, you can. You can't use anything as an excuse to stop you from you know getting stuff done so i think that's an, that's another piece of advice is don't let anybody dictate your success the only person that can do that is you so as long as you believe in yourself as long as you know you have what it takes to make it don't let anything anybody has to say stop you so i think those are two big pieces of advice um another piece of advice is also um for filmmakers is please don't underestimate the importance of sound because films, you need, you know, a good sound mixer, you need microphones, you need actors to be mic'd up. Because the mistake I made when I was making my earlier films is I didn't care about any of that. I didn't have lighting, I didn't have sound, mics, none of that. I just had one camera and actors. And, you know, a lot of movies I made when I was younger will never see the light of day because they're they're terrible. Because I didn't care about making them look good or sound good. I just wanted to make films. So I think... If you really want to be taken seriously, you have to invest in, you know, the proper equipment, hiring people that know what they're doing. Even if you don't, I mean, if you want to do it all yourself, hey, more power to you. Like, hey, not, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. But also, if you want to work with people who are more experienced in that area than you are, you know, there's nothing wrong with setting aside a little money and, and you know, making sure you create the most professional project you can make. Because a lot of film festivals, if the sound isn't good, you know, you, you they won't even finish watching the movie. It'll already be, nope, next. So you want to make sure you create stuff that people watch, people want to select in their film festivals, something that producers want to watch and pass along and give you more opportunities. And it all starts from creating, you know, solid, top-notch quality. So I think those are my pieces of advice to just believe in yourself you know, make sure the sound is good in your movies and never stop creating. 